When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, this is Nomad, host and creator of the Career Musician Podcast. Why do they call me Nomad? Well, I traveled the globe, spreading the joy of music one song at a time. And now I bring you wisdom, tried and true knowledge, and life experiences of my colleagues and peers in this crazy business we call music. Welcome to part two of the Career Musician Podcast with my good friend and career musician drummer, Dave Hooper. This is the Career Musician Podcast with your host, Nomad. In this episode, we talk about the following topics. Wage negotiating, how to quit a gig properly, studio etiquette, Playing what the song actually needs instead of what you think it needs. When you're the strongest link in the band, what do you do? How to use dynamics as they're applied to different instruments, guitar, piano, drums, etc. Dave Hooper's inspiration from his good college buddy, Gary Novak, who has also gone on to be a tremendous career musician drummer. The corporate jobs that Dave has taken as supplemental income to his career in music. And finally, we close with his amazing website, Possible Chops, which once again breaks down the mechanics of drumming for everybody to see and hear clearly. All right, well, that seems like you gave this person uh, uh, a fair warning, if you will, and, and, and you covered your bases. You. You looked them square in the eye. You told them a little bit about the conversation and how you were feeling. Yeah. You followed up with an email for your paper trail, and then everybody's happy. He yeah. go, he went his way. You went your way. Yeah. That's the way to quit a gig, really. Yeah. Well, and you know. and you have to be uh, prepared to walk away. It's not. I didn't. Oh. Wasn't about calling a bluff or anything. I'm I like, always no. say, <laughs> you can't negotiate unless you're willing to walk. That's negotiating. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right? Yeah, you, yeah. Let's say you get offered offered a gig, and they say, you know what? The gig pays twenty five hundred a week. It's a six week tour. And you say, ah, yeah, I'd really like to make four four thousand a week. Yeah. And they say, oh, I'm sorry, we can't do it. What do you do then? Yeah, yeah. You, so are you going to take the twenty five, or are you willing to walk? Well, it's funny if they just come back with we can't do it, and they're yeah. not giving you a counter offer. Right. Then so, you're like, shoot. Okay. So well, what do you do? Because because you gotta wonder like it's like a, you're at a swap meet or yeah. something. It's like well I'm gonna ask for this. Mm-hmm. You ask for this, and we'll meet in the middle. What would you do? Well, um, <clears throat> if if it, 25 was what it was, you know, I guess you have to look at your life situation and your level of happiness. And because I'm a firm believer that if you take a gig, you own it. It's you're the, there. You took the gig. They, yes. Don't take a gig and complain and half-ass it. Yeah. Or complain. Yes. I mean, musicians will complain, and we'll kind of you know we'll get into it a little bit, but yeah. it's. Uh, if it really, if you really shouldn't have taken, and that's interesting, because you were talking about the gig that we did in New York, and I, I would love, <laughs> I, I gotta say, it was a milestone for me too, because you and I are very different personality types, right. and we're really close friends. You were the right. best man at my wedding. Like yes. I'm like, you know, but I would say you being that sort of New York, Cuban, Italian, New Yorker, <laughs> and I'm like this politically correct Laid California dude, kind of you know. <laughs> Like it's you wouldn't think that we'd be as good of friends, but but yeah. it was fascinating because we were doing the gig, yeah. and uh, things weren't going well, and you stood on principle, and it was 
a totally memorable experience. I don't, you wanna, I have I don't to know say, if you've thought yeah, about this story yeah, in a no, while. No, it's funny because I, it's probably about 10 years now. Maybe 10 years. Yeah, I think it's, geez, I think it's actually 10 years exactly. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, so what happened was we get on the gig with a very well-known celebrity artist. Mm-hmm. And we're playing a very uh, high, you know, cloudy kind of club in New York. Yeah, and some TV shows and in the morning. And some TV promo. Right, right. <laughs> And, um, you know, we go out on a little, it's a little promo tour, but then we do this uh, residence at this club for like a week or just under. I'm the music director. You know, I put the band together and um, we get out to New York. And, you know, it's always a long flight going from the west to the east and east to the west. So you, you come off of a five, six hour flight. Then you're stuck in a car for an hour each way trying to get to each airport. And, you know, you get to your hotel. You're exhausted. It's a long travel day. You left your house at 5 a.m., you know, whatever. These travel logistics are real, right? Yeah. We know this. Yeah. Your body is only conditioned to handle so much of that before it says, you know what? Fuck this. I'm over it. Well, I when it. I finally get to the hotel, I want to do two things. Go up to my room. Drop my bags and roll. So we call it the drop and roll. Yeah. And the roll consists of going to find the kill, going to find the food, right? Yeah. Back in the archaic days, you'd have to go hunt for your food. So <laughs> we're going to hunt. We just Drop landed. Your bags, we don't know where we are. Let's go find a place to eat. Now, if you're with some friends, it's great because you're like, wow, this is neat. I'm working, but before we commence the work tomorrow... Yeah. We get to actually hang and have a really nice meal together. Yeah. So you're excited about that. And we're in New York City. We're in New York City. So it's, you know, that's my home. So I'm like, well, I'm super yeah, related, yeah. right? Now, I'm in my, what, early, mid-30s. I had money in the bank. Maybe I didn't have a lot, but I still had money in the bank. But I'm irked by the fact that I'm forced to tap into that money to eat instead of getting my per diem ration, right? Mm-hmm. So you get your per diems every day. Whatever it is, thirty, forty, fifty dollars a day. Whatever you negotiate, yeah, and that's it's fine. It's the per it day money per day that money. when you're on tour, you get cash to feed right. yourself. For those right. of you who don't know, and per, per diem, diem yeah. is just Latin for per day. Yeah, yeah, and it's standard. Standard. When you're on and actually any job, any industry. So yeah. if you're a sales agent for a healthcare, yeah. you know, company, you get per diem when you travel. Yeah. And, and some might say, I don't pay tr- per diem, and it's up to you to some, take it or not. Right. But they'll usually feed you at the venue, or they'll right. sometimes the good leaders will take you out to eat and stuff. Well, yeah, or they pad your uh, salary for the yeah. week, whatever. Yeah. So we we had a per diem agreement. So I we get to the hotel, and the tour manager tells me because I'm the music director, so I address it. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, the banks were closed. We couldn't get the cash, so we'll give it to you tomorrow. I thought it was like two so, days later or something. Maybe it was. So maybe that was like a, a Friday. And we I think it, get it to your better, Monday I or honestly think I mean, it, it was, wasn't like the next day like, thing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, wow, okay, all right. So anyway, when I go back to address with her the same issue, she says to me, oh, I'm sorry, I've been busy. I haven't been, had a chance to go to the bank and get cash. So my Cuban, Italian, New York self lost it. <laughs> and I was, I was there like, for it. This is awesome. I was, like, I was like, so what do you mean? So wait a minute. I think this was the third or fourth time that I'm asking you for this per diem. You know, I have a group of six, seven people here yeah. that are relying on this. Yeah, you're paying us, but you're not paying us till the gig is over. Yeah. So we're not going to get a check until we go home a week from now. Yeah. You know, we're, we're running so we're having to do, come out of pocket know, so for So now them. we're coming out of pocket for two or three days mm-hmm. just to feed ourselves. Yeah. Now, if you think to yourself, you say, oh, well, that's no big deal. You just go get some McDonald's. Okay. First of all, I stopped eating McDonald's when I was 12. Okay. <laughs> Second of all. Yeah, New York is expensive. <laughs> you know, New York food, is expensive. Yeah. Whatever. Just whatever it is. Okay. Yeah. So it, it is on principle. Yeah. So I did kind of lose it with this person, you know, and I had, I didn't scream and yell and make a fuss, but I did let her know my disdain for the situation. Yeah. And uh, before I got home, I submitted um, an email of, uh, uh, of course, I can't think of the word. I resigned, a resignation email. Yeah. And then, of course, when I got home... I got the same email of you're fired. So <laughs> it was like our emails crossed. Perfect synergy. Yes. yes, exactly. You can't <laughs> fire me because I quit. <laughs> oh no, sorry, sir. We fired you. Well, no, you uh, what I what I my memory of it, which I thought was really interesting, was that there was conversation amongst the band, and I think you actually brought it to us, and, and you were sort of saying, 
Look, guys, I, I think this is important. This is mm-hmm. important to me. I want to make mm-hmm. sure it's important to you guys. Right, I and do that, yeah. Are, are you guys okay to stand with me? Because United, that we, we have like this United strong. front. Yes. And yes. I can remember there was a split in the band, but I do remember it was a really interesting bonding moment with you and I. It was. Because it was like, no, I, I see the principle here. I liked the gig. I was enjoying the gig. It was okay. Right. You know, right. it wasn't hard. It was just... It was an easy it gig. It was a celebrity. It was, it was kind of yeah, fun, yeah. you know, but... Uh, and, and ironically, the celebrity was a great person. He was awesome. Very nice. He or she. Yeah. Whoever he or were, she may be. They were such a cool person. I was like, wow, you know. Yeah, he deserved yeah. his legendary status yeah. in the yeah. industry. But he was insulated from it by his right. machinery. And, and it, it came to light that... That was how they typically did it, but mm-hmm. I I feel like, you know, what's interesting the 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 question of respect in the in the music industry, and the reason I felt really happy to stand with you, which was Man, I do it, it had to do yeah. with respect. It's like okay, yeah, the old guys were okay with you guys doing your business the way you did it, but like I'm not the old guy. Right, I'm a pro. I yeah. know what I'm doing. This is what is. Standard for me. I'm out. I'm not going to dip into my own pocket. You know, like I, I got it, yeah. and uh, yeah. I, 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 I feel like you know it was it was a good uh, principle to stand on and to stand together. And yeah. like the chips fell, and we I, we both left the gig. I remember it was, <laughs> it was like, like you left the gig based yeah. on our agreement, and I was shocked. Yeah, I was like, wow. This and the guy, other guys in the band no, didn't, stayed. and you're not as. You know, like, they're still acquaintances. But I even told one of the guys, I was like, you know what? I think you could be the MD. And I called him. And see, this is the weird part about being a New Yorker and so being so upfront with your emotions that people feel uncomfortable. Because I remember calling this musician and saying, hey, bro, I'm done. But I referred you for the MD. Yeah, and, and he, you he went on to do it, MD. didn't he? Yeah, and he told me, oh, I don't want to be Yeah, he MD. was kind of a... I was like, no, he was apprehensive. I was like, no, no, no. Silly goose, I handed you the gig. Take it. Like, he and was, I'm being he nice. That guy, right yeah. Now. <laughs> He's currently selling whatever. But I'm like, come yeah. on, man. Don't. And he finally took the gig. He yeah. took it as the MD. But my point is this like, look, I have no problems telling you, F you, I'm out. But yeah. hey, bro, I know a guy. You yeah. should get with him. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I'll totally hook you up as I'm leaving. Yeah, yeah. I just, just not a professional thing to do. Yeah, oh, and I don't know if I ever go. told you, but that leader, that celebrity, yeah. called me. Hmm. Did I ever tell you? You did. He called you me did. and he said, to listen, Dave. The whole incident, he's like, right? I, I understand how tight you are with yeah. Nomad and, mm-hmm. and you guys are, are buddies. You guys are basically like family. So he's like, I just want to let you know, like, I'm going to miss you in the band, but I respect you for standing on principle with him. So again, wow. I was like, you know, I almost want to throw his name wow. in there. I'm not going to. But I, I was like, I, yeah. good on you, man. But, and then I thought, wow. well, well, then why don't you go talk to I the wish, people? Yeah, and, and that's say, what I was just going to say. Listen, I wish he would have called me. If he would have called me, we could have squashed it so yeah, quickly. Yeah. Hey, here's the thing I want to... Uh, we've talked about this before, but and it's happened so many times. When we're called to play a gig, we're supposed to show up on stage ready to play. When someone else's gig is to provide per diem, and they say, oh, I'll get to it. Get to There's it. no way we can say, you know what, I'll get to learning the drums get, yeah. parts, and, and you'll get to learning the guitar. Right. We'll have it by Wednesday. The, the, it's like, no, no, it's no, Monday. The gig is Monday. We got a gig. You can't do... I couldn't do my gig with that sort of... Uh, Lackadaisical attitude. Yeah, that you, I'd be fired if I did my gig the way you're doing yours. And somehow you're the person who's been with this celebrity for yes. 20 years. And I'm like, you know what? The, the justice there was they didn't actually deserve the more professional right. uh, musicians. And okay, you could say prima donnas, we need our per diem. But all we were doing is feeding ourselves. This isn't like money that's lying in our pockets. Like, we're here for you. Yeah. We're making you look good. Your name's on the marquee. We're just the side men. Ugh, like, we're not, we're not getting anything but a paycheck from this. And we're going into debt to go to play for you. And, that, and you're paying us back. See, you, we got to reiterate, you're going into debt momentarily to work for For the you. privilege of working. And that is the part that yeah. irks me. And I know it sounds like such a, you know, and I talked about this with uh, Adam Blackstone, who's one of the premier MDs in the business right yeah. now. You know, he was just on a couple episodes ago. And uh, and he said, you know, yeah, I have buddies who um, 
who won't do the gig, you know, if that happens. But he says, I've been in those situations before, and he says, if it happens, I'll let it slide. I'll say something, but I'll let it slide. I address it with management immediately, and I say, hey, you need to fix this. Yeah. And then if they don't fix it, of course you have an issue. Yeah. But usually, once you address it, they fix it. They fix it, yeah. And that's all I was hoping for with this particular yeah, artist. Yeah. And I think there was an, maybe even an easier solution that they could have said, which is something we've faced many times, where they say, it pays this much all in, no per diem. And it's like, okay, done. Right. That, you know, then, yeah, then you take it, it, I'll feed myself, I'm that's, fine. It's what it is. You, you throw right. some, if it's really that big of a deal, you throw some freaking food in your suitcase. Uh, and like, you know, well, I do that anyway. <laughs> you know, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I always have, blood sugar I there. always yes. have protein no, bars. No. I always have almonds. I always have little pieces of fruit, oranges or apples that kind of, you know, last a little while, almost non-perishable. You know, I always have my little snacks. Yeah, Because yeah. I just know me. Well, you do what you need to do exactly. for you. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. traveling, it's not like you have access to your kitchen. And really, um, for anybody who has yet to do a gig that had per diem and, and is really new to the concept, you know, when you're home, you have access to your grocery store, your refrigerator. Right. And, and shopping at the grocery store is cheaper, hello, yes. than going out to eat. When you're on the road, all you got is going out to eat. Or you go to the grocery store, but you don't have a kitchen. Yeah, like and you, it's just, yeah. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a scramble to, to it make is. it happen. And frankly, like you and I were in New York. I'm not a New Yorker. You are. Yeah. And I was frankly looking forward to like, Michael, take me to all your spots, yeah, man. I'm, I'm ready to, yeah. I'm ready to <laughs> check it out because I don't know where the hell I'm going. Why are there's a, a 42nd and a 42nd? <laughs> one's a street, one's an avenue. Who, who designed this city? <laughs> All right, so listen, but look, you get to a certain point in your life and you do gigs and you realize, you know, I am allowed to enjoy myself on the job sometimes. But I'm yeah. not working. It's a travel day. Yeah. You know, so those are the, or after the gig, those are the moments that you want to go enjoy a nice meal. You know, so that is part of the thing. And look, like we said, the career musician, it's all about the hang. For 22 hours a day. Yeah. You're together. It's just hang. Off stage. Not music. Yeah. For two hours a day, you're on stage. Yeah. So you have to get accustomed to that lifestyle. All right. Yeah. Before we get to the crux of the matter, which we started with, which is possible chops. Yeah, yeah. Because we're going to conclude with that. But before we get to that crux, I want to talk really quickly about studio etiquette. Yeah. We touched on it a little bit earlier. You had a very fortunate upbringing where you were in the studio from uh, your, your early teens. Yeah. Studio etiquette, a lot of people say, what do you mean by studio etiquette? Well, what do you think I mean? I want to hear your take on that. <laughs> well, uh, you know, recording in the studio is uh, different than, than practicing, different than playing a live gig. Right. Um, you're indoors. You're in a very controlled situation. There's mics on everything. You're mm. sort of under the microscope there. Mm. Um, my experience doing jingles, which is where I started, was I was called on to play everything. You know, one day I was playing like a Beatles kind of a thing, and then the next day it was a Rolling Stones kind of thing, and then the next day it was this R&B thing, and then the next day we're recording with Herbie Hancock for this AT&T commercial. I'm like, wow. you know, like to be Constant. able to put on all the different hats, yeah. um, you, you know, you need to do that. Um, I think there's something about the experience of working in the studio that gives you uh, insight into what's necessary. Typically, less is more in the studio. Mm. Um, unless of course you're doing some weird, you know, fusion record or something. I don't know. It's interesting for me having grown up watching my dad. I think when I was a kid, it's, I have these memories of going to work with him and just sort of like pressing my face against the glass and looking into the, wow. you know, at the drummer or the That's other neat. people and how yeah. they did it. And it was, it was, uh, informative. And then it just was natural for me because I, there wasn't a lot of questions. I just did what they did. You know, wow. not everybody gets that advantage that I had. And I'm grateful That's for it, neat. for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the, that first time that you play and then you go into the booth and listen back, it's a big day, man. That's a day you're like, <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. That's, you know, wow. hopefully yeah. you're lucky and you're like, yep, that's exactly what I was expecting. But most of the time it's like... Ooh, yeah. that's really weird. But um, yeah, but I mean, for engineers who know their job to make us sound good with the preamps and the mic selections. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. but the, that's everybody doing their part, you know, yeah. and making it cohesive and work. And and for drummers, you know, locking into a click is a really important thing. You know, uh, you've heard it from probably everybody from your very first teacher, like practice with the metronome. It's not just practicing with the metronome to set the tempo of something, but it's really to lock. 
into that. And, um, you know, I remember this concept of burying the click. This was sort of a John Robinson thing. Ooh, he was one of my heroes, that. you know. I this idea that. where, like, you're so yeah, locked in with that. the click, no one even knows, knows there's, there's click. click. Because every time the click clicks, it's a perfect time with your kick drum, your snare yeah. drum, your hi-hat, so you can't hear the click. You can't it's, even it's hear it. It's masked by your instrument. Yeah, because if yes. you're a little before, uh, in front of it or a little behind it, you'll hear it. It's like a little flam. It's These yeah. drum terms, it's right? But... Right. Um, yeah, really bearing the click and being solid like that and realizing, okay, so my role as in the drummer chair is a, a bit of a leader, sort of driving the bus, as they say, you know, like, if I'm doing that, they will follow me, you know what I mean? It's, it so really you is said that. that. I use that term all the time, the bus driver, the drummer yeah. is driving the bus. I always say that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think everybody has responsibility for time. I think a guitar player or a bass player right. can really pull at a drummer one direction or the other. Right. And I am always appreciative of anybody who's like feeling like it's lagging or whatever. You know, guitar player sometimes like, come on, man, let's just, yeah. you know, let's dig in a little more, you know, and it's like, I don't know. Uh, sometimes it happens most, you know, if unless you're a robot and you're a machine, right. you know, right. you're... Uh, you know, you're always dealing with varying levels of uh, energy and and uh, enthusiasm for the song. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm touching on enough of the things that, that go into what I hear in the studio, but uh, I'm always happiest if it's clean and right on the money and appropriate. I would say, like, uh, playing appropriately is probably the drummer's best advice. You know, play to the song. Um so let's say we're in the studio, I'm the producer, and, and there's a five-piece band, and I say, hey, you know, guys, um, that was our third take, and we still didn't get it. Mm -hmm. uh, we need to do another take, but guys, it, it, this song is so, you know, again, there's this word, nuanced. We have to be careful not to get overexcited, you know, we have to be careful not to overplay, not to underplay, we have to feel the tempo, there's a rubato section, you have to be led by the, you know, the leader on that section, blah, 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 you know, so I'm the producer giving all these directions, as the drummer, what do you say? What, well, do, you, do you chime in, do you keep your mouth shut? You know, this is the etiquette. Yeah, like. yeah. Okay, so there's a lot that goes in there. I think, um, you know, we, we touched on ego a little bit, but this idea of being able to take direction, I think that's where it starts. You know, you need to be able, if the producer is saying, I need it to be simpler or whatever, yeah. you can't think it, I mean, you can think whatever you want, but you can't go into it frustrated, like, I hear it more busy. It's like, look, yeah. the producer has something in mind. This is not your song. Thank you. You know, and it's like, if, if the song requires simple, do simple. And, without and an attitude. Without an attitude. And be open to that because, again, shoe on the other foot. You know, a producer is there to produce. He's there to provide some direction. And your ability to interpret what they need is really important. And I will share with you one really cool session that I did. I referenced the Herbie Hancock AT&T session. So I got the opportunity to play on an AT&T commercial, and it was sort of a long-form commercial with Wallace Roney, great trumpet player, and Herbie Hancock. And it was a straight-ahead thing. It was supposed to sound like yeah. a Miles Davis kind of thing. And so we were in the studio, and we were playing, and we went back to listen, and it was a little too weird. It was like... We went left. It went really outside jazz. I don't know how, how into avant -garde, jazz. Yeah, it was yeah, really yeah, avant-garde. Yeah, it was yeah. really like, you know, woo. Maybe this isn't know, for like, AT&T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was for AT&T. It was a little like, wow. And so I remember sitting acid. in the studio. And, of course, everyone's sort of a bit starstruck by Herbie. And she sure. was saying, you know what? That's my fault. Yeah, and, okay. I, and I was like, what do you mean? You know, we had him elaborate. And he's like, you know. Uh, and he was sharing great stories of playing with Miles sure, Davis and stuff. He's yeah. like, he even shared this first, his first time playing with Miles. He was so starstruck by Miles Davis. He just kind of sat at the piano and he didn't play. Mm -hmm. And then he did this wonderful Miles Davis invitation. He's like, hey, man, I need you to play. You know, I'm gonna, <laughs> give me something. You know, I can't I do Miles <laughs> yeah. Davis or whatever. And so That's what awesome. he realized yeah, yeah, yeah. was like every instrument has some control. Every right. instrument can influence the every other instrument. And so sure. particularly in jazz... He stayed more tonically within mm. the realm of what we were doing. So we right. went back in and did another take, and he just kind of kept it, it inside, right not outside. outside. Not, yeah. uh, right down the middle, not left, you yeah, know, whatever, sure, however you do sure, it. Sure. And then we went back and listened to the next take, and I was like, oh, man, That's that was it. so different. Yeah. And, and really amazing to me, and I, and I think, you know, as a drummer 
drummers always get looked at for the tempo and time. And I, I don't necessarily disagree, but I would say it's everybody. Every, mm -hmm. Everybody can influence everybody else in the band. And when it really is locking, and we're all on the same page uh, trying to achieve the same goal, we'll get there. You know what I mean? You as a producer, you might be facing like, gosh, this bass player just won't change up what he's doing. And and what can you do? You gotta figure out a way. That that goes to your skills um, psychologically as a as a, a leader yes. for someone who is immovable. Yes. But uh, I would say as a drummer, I like to think that my victory is playing appropriately, not playing what I hear. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, maybe that's the the takeaway. I would say, find victory in playing the right thing, not showing off what you can do. Drummers! So you're watching an amazing drummer on YouTube, and they're playing something so crazy, you just can't figure it out. If only you can tap this drummer on the shoulder and say, hey, can you slow it down and break it down for me, man? PossibleChops.com does exactly that. They've asked some of the top-of-the-line drummers to play in short, digestible phrases some of their craziest chops. Then they slow it down and transcribe it so you can actually learn what the heck they're doing. They're making chops possible. Now, PossibleChops.com is an online drum lesson website that makes it easy to add to your drumming vocabulary from some of the baddest professional drummers. And when I say baddest, I mean the dopest, illest, most ridiculousest drummers you ever heard. Imagine getting a breakdown from drummers who played with the likes of Usher, Earth, Wind & Fire, Chick Corea, Babyface, Sheryl Crow, Tony Braxton, and the list goes on. The PossibleChops.com community is designed to allow drummers to share ideas and help you on your path to becoming a pro and getting gigs. That's right, folks, actually getting real gigs. If you're serious about drumming, do yourself a favor and visit PossibleChops.com. Join today and basic membership is free. However, if you decide to upgrade to a pro membership, use the promo code NOMAD to get your first free month. That's right, folks. Use coupon code NOMAD and you get the whole first month absolutely free. Adding new chops are now made possible for drummers on PossibleChops.com. Make your voice heard. Leave a review and subscribe at the Career Musician Podcast. What do you do when you're the strongest link in the chain <laughs> and you're put in a room with some other musicians who you kind of have to drag along for the ride? Yeah. Uh, gosh, it's tough. I, do I you feel like... Do you burn the session and say, you know what, man, you do speak privately with the producer and say, this is a bust because of X, Y, Z? You know... Or do you bite your tongue and just and just go with it? Yeah, I, I guess I've been in that situation before. I think... And let's say you're making double scale, so you stand to make $1,700 that day. Yeah. <laughs> on a film date. <laughs> on a film date, yes. <laughs> oh. Well, wow. you know what? On a film date, that's never going to happen because they're going to call the best A-list cats in Period. Okay, yeah. let's just say it's a big date. <laughs> B-level, guys. Like you. Yeah. No, you know what I mean? No, yeah, yeah. You don't understand what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, in Los Angeles, the, when you get called for a film date, yeah. it's all AAA guys and gals. You know? Well, so, okay. You know. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's interesting. So, a couple things come to mind. One is, in the studio, um, and this has happened to me many times, like, you can do a take... And you can, uh, as a drummer, like, I can be happy with that take. Yeah. And the bass player might need some fixes. Right. You know, and so you can say, you know, you know, and the producer that are cool, they're like, how did you feel? And I'm like, you know what? I actually felt really solid on that. Hmm. I think you're good with the drums. And so then I'm I done. I love that. So I, you, you kind of influence the producer with that comment now. Yeah. Well, if they're, if they're receptive to it, it's like, you know what? I felt like it was a good lock. In general, the lock with me and the bass player, like I, I yeah, kind of build yeah. it from there. The lock with the bass player was good. He might have hit a couple of wrong notes, mm -hmm. uh, but that can be fixed. You just punch in and fix that. If the guitar player is way out there, I, uh, let's see. Pass. It's like, 
give him another chance at this. Yeah. Or, or I guess that sort of translates in, that's your problem. Art. But I don't know. I mean, that's oh. not really constructive. I mean, you know, you want to, on any bandstand, it yeah. does no good to vibe people. We, we've had that right. conversation many right. times, right. you know, right. to, to right. really get, like, man, you're not bringing it. Okay, well, your choices are either scrap it right there and call someone else, or right. let's see if we can't Muscle make through. make yeah. this thing right. And, you know, now with digital audio, you can do a lot of edits, and that's not super fun and super time-consuming. But um, I don't know, man. I, I, I would say maybe the your, um, your skill at your instrument, uh, maybe I can only speak as a drummer. I sort of feel like drums, some t- in some ways, more... Uh, is more like the glue for everybody else and and the responsibility from the drum chair is to arbitrate between everybody if the bass player plays on the backside of the beat and the guitar player is rushing a little bit you're the guy in the middle and it's like you gotta make it work and the really good players your legendary players they can do it and That's you want right. to challenge yourself to be that to guy. Be that guy, that person that can yeah. just lock. I'd like to think I'm that guy. I yes. don't know. I I, I feel like that's what I try to do. Absolutely. Look, I had a session yesterday, and I led with, I led with this. I said, guys, this is a, um, this is a hybrid experimental uh, session today. I would appreciate everybody's patience because. I feel that we're going to do at least three to five takes on each song. Yeah. And I don't want any one person feeling like they've accomplished it so they can go sit in the control room while the other people over. Interesting. That's... I want us to play as an ensemble every time. Every time. For every take. Yeah. So you establish that right establish at the get. Establish that right away. Yeah. I right just squelched all that. Because yeah. instead of the, the percussionist saying, oh, no, I'm good. I'm, I got my parts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But guess what? On take four. Yeah. The bass player and the guitar player are going to play something totally different. Yeah, so yeah. So how do you know? Th- that's more you know. of a creative move. I, I, yeah. I totally... It, it's funny. At the risk of sounding like it's a uh, conflict with a lot of... The, the previous thing with I'm good, uh, locking in, I would say, like, uh, there's so many variables there. Like, if you're right. really trying to create some uh, create something... Something that breathes as a unit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you have to... That is yeah. that thing, yeah. you know. Um, I think it depends on the format. You know, if it's just right. pop and you're supposed that's to... Right. As a drummer, you're supposed to sound like a drum machine. Right. There's not a lot of room for creative stuff for there. Interpretation, right, right. Yeah, right. but I, I would say that too. And and as you stray deeper into improvisational music or more creative uh, music, less pop That's machine right. programmed right. kind That's of right. stuff, yeah. you have to adjust. But I, I would say that that deserves um, some attention. You know, like yeah. you got to ID what this is. Right. You know. You have to have that discernment. Yeah, like I, when I did the the sessions for uh, Sean Callery and the Jessica Jones stuff, and, the, and then the Homeland stuff. Right. That's free jazz. It's it's not uh, contemporary pop. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. it was meant to be uh, um, creative, and it was really interesting to see how Sean was as a producer. Right. He would speak. He's a a uh, totally schooled musician. Sure. He can speak sure. in musical terms, but at that session. He was more concerned with the energy and the mm-hmm. the level of um, tension in this spot and then mm. the volume and the, you know like he was speaking more like that so so that becomes kind of an interesting skill you have to interpret like what does that mean when they want more tension right. you're a drummer and you're like well <laughs> you know there's tension on my drum heads to make them. You know, but it's well, not that. It's well, like, tell us how do you create tension? As, I know how I would do it as a guitar player. How yeah. would you do it as a drummer? Yeah, I think um, you know harmonically is is maybe easier because you're yes. talking about dissonance and right. some other harmonic. I would play things. a lot of close intervals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With yeah. drums, you know, it can be. Um, let's see. Um, there, there's these things you can draw on. You can be busy. You can uh, provide something that's. Uh, Somehow outside the very natural rhythms that the pulse is going by, you can mm-hmm. kind of play around that. Polyrhythmic. Polyrhythmic and uh, kind of push the boundaries of being in time and out, mm-hmm. you know, because you can kind of get that. And then there's a lot of sort of sound effects or... I mean, that's um, right, yeah. Um, I want to try to sound Simple, design where you're... scrapes and things <clears throat> like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, yeah, can, yeah. you can kind of go to some really odd... Things that are that go beyond just playing two and four time. You know, yeah, it's it's like yeah. it's you want to be more creative and busy, busy and simple and right. light and 
and uh, biz, um, like heavy, you know, I it's, love it. it's wow, hard love to it. put a, a pinpoint on it. And it goes back to the early conversation, which is how do you really describe music? It's, yeah, it's, it's not that. Yeah. And thankfully we had plenty of takes to do it. And then, mm. you know, then you go in the studio and, and there's a lot of, I really like this section and mm. that really works. Let's do more of that here and let's do that there. And in the end, it's, you that's know, really nice. it's this cool creative thing, which I, I really like. You know, it's yeah. that's a style of music I really enjoy. I wish I could do more of that, but that's not. It's the, yeah, it's yeah. not in the cards for avant jazz these days to, to no. earn a living, right? Yeah, maybe with soundtrack stuff, or it's a small market. Um, but I find myself yeah. more and more like I'm less interested in the really easy, straightforward stuff. I really enjoy the the ultra creative stuff i like going to the clubs and hearing the guys really stretch stretch yeah yeah wow like Uh, music can really get good you You know it's just like it is interesting yeah i was listening to steve i uh today online on a a social media post and i was like wow now that's a guy who always held to his guns man he just did what he wanted to do yeah and he built an empire a career and he never... Uh, he never... He doesn't get the call said, for stuff that he doesn't do. Yeah, exactly. Man, I'm so yeah. glad you said that because I always tell the story of Gary Novak, who was my childhood... Mm-hmm. Gary and I... Uh, for anybody who doesn't know who Gary Novak is, you should know who he is. Yeah, um, yeah. He played with Chick Corea, played with Alanis Morissette. Mm-hmm. He's an amazing jazz player, an amazing rock, rock player, rock. amazing just everything. Multifaceted, yeah. Um, so he and I took our first drum lesson together in Chicago. That's like We're like so cool. childhood friends. He lives here in L.A. now. And, uh, I, I mean, he's just one of the most incredible drummers uh, there is. Yeah. I mean, really, really incredible drummer. And so, um, you know, I go hear him play at these clubs, and he's just shredding he's just the most incredible uh, thing and it's so inspiring and yet that's not the music that he's making a living from no you it's know? interesting it's... yes the artistic lane and the uh career lane are two totally different yeah things almost, yeah right? you might yeah. you might want to consider uh Consider what you do creatively as like a pet project or a or a side project that's just for you, or or you can get involved in that and then having uh, other other endeavors. So I got into the computer industry um, partially because my little brother was doing visual effects for movies, and he kind of you know he always had computers around, and I'd be on tour, and unlike guitarists who can like play their guitar in the right. bus. Yeah. I couldn't do any of that, so I started wow. figuring out how to do web stuff, and then to um, fill the time. Yeah, and then I built some websites for people, and then my buddy who was really who was working at Microsoft showed him some of my work, and then I ended up working at Microsoft for a couple I of years. That. The Seattle days. That was an interesting experience because it was it was one of those gigs where the money was great, and I always tell people I highly recommend working for a lot of money <laughs> to, to anybody and, and all my takeaway was you were doing yeah you were doing some good six figures i remember that yeah, yeah yeah it was crazy money and so music just became for the fun of it like i didn't need I any that gig. paradigm shift for you we talked extensively yeah about this. and it, it, it made me realize like we have the opinions we can afford to have you know what i mean like if Great. you hate a gig, well but you need it, you just you you, well you bite your lip or whatever. You're like, mm-hmm. no, no. But like, if it's like, I don't need this. I'm just gonna fly myself home. Forget it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it wasn't for me because it was a little too corporate. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I was the artist relations manager for Behringer. I remember that too. And that was a gig I had never done before. But they yeah. were like the fourth largest music company in it's the world. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It was a huge yeah. gig when I think back on it. But um, the issues there, which I've now come to discover with all music companies, is it, it got increasingly hard to convince the, the higher-ups the value of musicians. And th- this is really interesting. Interesting. Because I know you were involved. I pulled you in yeah, as much as I could. For the NAMM performances and special showcases and mm-hmm. whatnot, yeah. So the, you know, some of the, the leaders there, like they really knew who... Lee Rittenauer was, and I had just gotten off tour with Lee, so it was kind of an easy in 
I'm like, well, I can just call Lee. And we, we kind of started down the road of building a custom app for him and stuff. Um, but with all the other guys, I found myself trying to convince everyone of the value of Nomad, the value of, you know, these guys. And yeah. to the point where I was actually starting to work with the Foo Fighters. Like, I, I got friendly with those guys, yeah. and I was sending some gear to them in their studio. And they, they didn't end up signing as an endorsement. They're really hard to get. They're, they're yeah. sort of the Tiger Woods of... Of uh, the music industry, they don't but really need it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I remember going to the owner and I said, "I'm so excited. We're working with the Foo Fighters." And I remember him saying, "That's great, Dave. Now, who are the Foo Fighters?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> How dummy? Only the band that's responsible for bringing rock and roll back. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay, wow, this is an uphill climb. And that was the beginning of the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and yeah. but I'm grateful to the experience, and I'm grateful to, uh, you know, even all those perspectives yes. because. And, and and the takeaway, yes. the constructive takeaway for everyone is, I'm not throwing the owner of Behringer under the bus no, at all. No, 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 no. What no, I'm no. saying is all companies from Fender There's to disconnects. Drum Workshop to name them, they're businessmen first. Right. You know what I mean? They need right. to make money so they can create this great gear. Um, you know, a lot of young players want to know, how do I get an endorsement? It's like, well... It's easy if you're doing a world tour and you're on, or you're on TV all the time. That's a really easy, easy thing because it's easy for a businessman to see, well, you're out in the public and playing in front of people all the time. Um, that experience was really interesting to me and frustrating at the same time because I really did enjoy the gig. And it was fun yeah. to sit on the other side of the table because I have my own endorsements. Yeah. And so I was just reverse engineering the job. I'd never, yeah. I had no experience doing it. <laughs> but yeah, but it was you did fun. a really good job. Because you exactly what you just said, you had your own endorsements, so you reverse engineered the position. Yeah. So you knew exactly what uh, an artist rep was looking for. And I knew what a, a musician. I knew what a musician needed. Look, exactly. I've been on tour scenarios. when my gear broke. Right. What you need right. is the company to say, "I'm sending you. I'm FedExing you a new Either whatever." That or the background company has this in stock. They'll deliver it. Yeah. And blah blah blah. Yeah. yeah. I get it from that other side. And again, that was me putting the shoe on the other foot. Yeah. I think that's sort of the theme of that's the, the philosophy I'm concept. bringing here. Yes. You know, I I get philosophy. it from their standpoint. Yes. If you want an endorsement, uh, you can't just expect to get one. You know, it's business. With I'm so them. glad you brought that up, and I think I'm going to add that to my brief moving forward. The endorsement concept. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But hey, listen, this has been amazing. <laughs> We've touched on everything. I want to focus now. Again, we started here. We're going to end here. As self-employed, independent contracting, career musicians, we need multiple streams of income. Yeah. You just said it. So you looked elsewhere. You started doing some programming for. Microsoft, I believe you worked for Facebook at one point too. I yeah. don't know if you still do. Yeah, that I yet. still do some freelance okay. work for Facebook. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, within staying in with the music industry, you created a website called mm-hmm. PossibleChops.com. Yeah. Tell us about that. Break a, break that down for us. Uh, once again, the pessimistic retort <laughs> that I always sling out is market saturation. Market saturation, market saturation, market saturation. There's what? We're going on 8 billion people now on the planet? Yeah. We're going to burn the planet into a ball of wax soon <laughs> if we continue like this. Right? Yeah. We all know that. Um, and uh, so every market is saturated. There's too much content. Not a, There's too much uh, supply, not enough demand. Yeah. But the way you stand out, now is almost this like micro focusing into a niche and you i think you're doing it really well so break down the concept i love it talk about it and people go check this out (laughs) because this is some cool shit yeah well i appreciate that yeah so the elevator speech i guess is uh you know i built a website and basically what it is is an online drumming vocabulary it's a uh online library of drumming vocabulary lessons excellent that's in a nutshell what it is so 
it came from my desire as a drummer to add new ideas to my playing. And I would say every instrument is always looking for new ideas. Yeah, you new get bored creative of your something. Own little stuff. Yeah, we're all inspired by other <laughs> yeah. people. And yeah, it's like, yeah. gosh, I want to play that. And, and I, it kind of came from me watching other drummers on YouTube. And, you know, I was sort of jaw-dropping stuff, really great stuff. Some guys would actually try to explain what they were doing. Um, most would fail. I, I, I'm not sure just because you're a great player that makes you a good teacher or that you really can break down what you do. I know you do some teaching and, and we've all had good and bad teachers. Mm -hmm. um, when I got out of college, I called up all my heroes here in L.A. and I studied with everyone at least once. I'm, again, a huge believer in that. Man, I can't believe you did that because yeah. I used to do the same thing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so everybody, have the cojones... To call, call them up. Yeah. Your 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 heroes. Yes. Study under them. So so here's my takeaway for what it's worth, and especially for people who don't live in L.A. Yeah. Um, many of these drummers that I studied with, um, well I shouldn't say many. So some were really good. They had a system for breaking down what they did. Uh, totally changed my playing. Some really great ones. Greg Bissonette, um, Steve Houghton, amazing teachers. Like they really knew what they were doing, and they knew how to teach it. Others who will, I won't name them, but uh, they were great, and I would go hear them play live, and they were really amazing. And I felt like I got in the lessons, and they like, never really considered what they did. They just did what they did. Mm. So I'm on YouTube uh, 10 years ago, and I'm watching these drummers, some of the Gospel Chops drummers, some of the just the new guys. You know, I'm, I'm not the new guy anymore. I was watching <laughs> them. I was like, man, I want some of those chops. And I was trying to figure out what they were doing, and they were explaining it, and I noticed some of them were explaining it wrong. They were just straight up not explaining it right. I'm like, right. okay, this is not helpful. And so uh, I was sitting around with my buddy, Gary Novak, and we were like, what if we played stuff and either explained it right or at least did it in short enough pieces and maybe played it in slow motion or, or something, so you know, like ingested. this is what it was, yeah, yeah. so that other drummers could actually build vocabulary. And I'm a big proponent of this idea that music is a language, you know, um, just like with the language that you speak, in, in our case, English, you mm -hmm. you can read, <laughs> you can read English. You can Thank you goodness. know yeah. uh, the alphabet. You yeah. have some vocabulary <laughs> that you use. You form sentences. You tell stories. Right? In music, you know, you learn that's, that's a the great rudiments of playing. Great analogy. You have these bits of vocabulary that you draw on yeah. to form sentences and tell your musical story. So, possible chops is a website for uh, building an online drumming vocabulary. It's a place that you can go and do sort of a virtual jam session with other drummers where um, I have these drummers sit down and play in four-bar phrases, play two bars of a beat, you know, so you know where the okay. pulse is, okay. and then rip one of these, you know, riffs, ear-melting, like, I don't know what it is, yeah. right? And I film it in uh, high frame rate, high definition, and I slow it to half speed, I transcribe it, I put all the stickings there. So these are 10, 20 second lessons. They're little mm. bite-sized bits of vocabulary lessons. They're not 30, 30 minute lessons. Right. You know, they're just the pieces that you would use. You could add it to your drumming to enhance wow. it. So either it comes time to the, the end of the phrase and you rip out a great fill or it's time for to take a solo, you can draw on all that vocabulary and tell this really incredible story. So, so what guitarists, we refer to them as riffs. It's riffs. Like we're just learning a bunch of new riffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which are great because you, it's, you can actually apply it in real life. Yes, yeah, yeah. little riffs. So these are fills or chops. Yeah. That's a, you know, we always refer yeah, well, to you your guys more fills, chops. More yeah, riffs. yeah. And, and I do realize possible chops is a sort of a play on words for gospel chops. It wasn't really intentional but it, it okay. the, the idea is that I'm trying to make these chops possible and and how there you do that is go. to break it down um, just like in this podcast we musicians like to talk and talk and talk which we do which is fun but I like the idea and my lesson learned from the musicians who couldn't teach mm -hmm. was I'm letting the music they're playing teach for uh, sorry I'm letting their playing speak for itself just play it I'll slow it down. I'll transcribe it. Even if you can't read, if you're illiterate uh, as a musician, which is a whole it's other fine. conversation, so you can read the right of, hand, yeah. left hand, right hand, left hand, go. bass drum. What, I, what we call the tablature. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So you can players, figure yeah. it out and start adding all this stuff to it. So 
uh, possiblechops.com. The, the membership is free. You can sign up for a free membership and you can see a bit of what we're doing there. The sort of the paid memberships or the pro memberships are 10 bucks a month. I've created a promo code, which is NOMAD, that you can use. Excellent. And if you, you enter that, you'll get the first month free of paid membership. Excellent. So there's no risk there. You can check it out for a month. I've got nearly 200 lessons. I'm releasing a new lesson every day. So there's wow. a new chop lesson literally every day. I've got great drummers like Gary Novak, Gordon Campbell, Jay Williams, Eric Valentine, and it's continuing to grow. Like I, I feel like uh, I'm tapping into all my buddies here in LA and I'm, I've got another fo- uh, video shoot next week. I'm just going to keep adding. Maximizing the resources. Yeah. yeah, and they're short. If your attention span is short, this is made for you. <laughs> it's perfect. No, it's perfect. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's something Brilliant. you can get in. There's a community on there. You can kind of meet with other drummers. You can yeah. post your gigs. You can post your own chops up there, too. There's some wow. really cool stuff to do in there. It's like a, it's a whole world in there. And I'm really hopeful that this will be... Uh, a really good resource for drummers to get new ideas because it's harder and harder to to add to your playing. It's harder. Right. Um, there's just so much stuff in YouTube. And, yeah, and as you know. we're, um, you know, tasked with so many duties on a regular basis, it is hard to find time to really practice in, the, in those amount yeah. of hours like we used to when we were younger. Isn't that the truth? Because there's is. so much business and family and stuff to deal with, but... Yeah. I'm. I think that you, you know you could actually get on this for a half hour in a day and add a new word to your vocabulary. I agree. You know, it's so funny when people ask me the best way to learn guitar. I say, you know what? Just take five minutes three times a day. Oh, there take you go. five minutes in the morning, five yeah. minutes at lunch, five minutes at night. Yeah. What I can? Yeah, five minutes. But actually, you know, we all carry our phones. Put the timer on for five minutes. Yeah. So if you say, yeah, but my wife said, okay, babe, I just literally need five minutes. Five okay, minutes. you got five minutes. Yeah. Okay, in five minutes, what am I going to do? Well, if you just look right here and step, so bam, this is perfect. Yeah. If I, you give them something really constructive to do, because isn't that the takeaway yes, now? That is. You look back at the time you wasted practicing stuff you didn't uh, need to practice. Eeks. I mean, really, that's wow. the thing that you can get from the guys yeah. who are working now. It's like, okay, enough. Practice the stuff you're not good at. You keep playing yeah. the same stuff, that's all you're going to be able to do. It's so funny because I practiced speed picking for years and I'm still not as fast as Ingvin Nelson. <laughs> I'm kind of mad about that. <laughs> Bastards. Speed picking. You lied. <laughs> it's just not my bag of tricks. You know, it's just not me. Yeah. You know, I do other things, but that's not my thing. Yeah. So I think you're right. I think you find what you're, you know, what you're honing in on, what, what speaks to you. Yeah. And you have so much material on this website, it sounds like. You can pick from a vast yeah. array of, of ideas, right? Yeah, I don't think it's really just one style. Uh, I've been asked before, like, is it all, you know, gospel music? I'm like, no, not at all. I mean, it's just how you use it is totally up to you. And yeah. and really what I like about the drummer community is, like, we're, we're really not protective of the stuff that we do because... No matter what I show another drummer, he's gonna use it his way, and in right. the, the you know his technique's gonna be different. His drums are gonna sound different. He's gonna put in a different part of the. It doesn't matter. Oh man, this was awesome. Yeah, I like wow. that. I like to when I'm introduced on stage, you know, the band's playing or like vamping yeah. on something, and on drums, Dave Hooper. I like to actually stop playing and stand up. <laughs> <laughs> the expression on so, everyone. So really, it is true. Okay, so what is it about modern music that we got so conditioned to hearing drums, bass, you know, some kind of padding, some kind of chords, and some kind of lead, that if you take one of those elements out, yeah. you really feel like, oh you my miss gosh, it. you're missing something. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it has just it's become just the expected yeah. thing. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's hard. you you, you got to imagine, like I have a lot of percussionist friends, you know, and they struggle to work because... That might be one of the first things. Like the band leader goes, oh, well, who, what did you call them again? Budget. Perco- yeah. What is this percussionist you speak yeah, of? Yeah, we don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> They're the first to it's go. It's hard. Yeah. It's really tough on them. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you know, if, if it wasn't the way that it is, you know, yeah. like we would have percussion on every gig and we'd oh, have man. horns and yeah. we'd have like live musicians that have backing tracks and stuff like that. But that's just become the, the natural thing. And I would say uh, for any... Uh, drummer that's not young, you know, don't be afraid to listen to new music and and embrace what's happening now because 
you know, I'm not the 20-something guy, but, like, I started this website because I was interested in what the drummers who are 20-something are doing. doing. And that's what I got cool tons shit. of on my website. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I might not look the part, but I'm... Doesn't uh, matter. You know, it doesn't matter. And I tend to do a lot more studio work anyway, so yeah. I'm the guy that can do that. And they can say, which, you know, which guy did you get for doing that? You know, and yeah, it's like... Yeah, right, that's right. Yeah, it no, can be me, because I can do all that. That's right. The yeah. more versatile... My dad always taught me, the more versatile you are, the more you're going to work, so... Yeah. And obviously your dad taught you the same thing. You yeah, know? I mean, so. it's... It, I think you can't get come up through the jingle industry without knowing how to play, like, Ringo Starr and, uh, you know, uh, Alex Van Halen yeah. and uh, Tony Erskine, Williams and Peter Erskine and Steve... Yeah, you gotta, yeah. you gotta put all those hats on, for sure. Uh, Possiblejobs.com. Yep. Use the promo code NOMAD, Nomad and you get a month, a month free, free of premium memberships. Yeah. And your Instagram and Facebook are Possible, possible Chops. Possible Chops. Well. Yep. Okay. That's right. Everywhere you go, man. I yeah. love it. Yeah. This I'm omnipresent. Awesome. Yes. I love it. <laughs> Dave Hooper, drummer, yeah. extraordinaire to the stars and beyond. And thanks for having me on, Nomad. Yeah, I appreciate man. it, man. Dude, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Yeah, my pleasure. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to The Career Musician. Please click the subscribe button and share The Career Musician podcast on your social media feeds. Thank you for tuning in to The Career Musician podcast. If you found today's episode helpful, please click the subscribe button and share this podcast on all of your social media feeds. I love bringing you behind the scenes and sharing valuable insight from the world's leading experts in music and entertainment. I'm just a nomad, nowhere man Writing the songs in this one-man band A nomad, yeah I'm a Drummers! So you're watching an amazing drummer on YouTube and they're playing something so crazy you just can't figure it out. If only you can tap this drummer on the shoulder and say, hey, can you slow it down and break it down for me, man? PossibleChops.com does exactly that. They've asked some of the top-of-the-line drummers to play in short, digestible phrases some of their craziest chops. Then they slow it down and transcribe it so you can actually learn what the heck they're doing. They're making chops possible. Now, PossibleChops.com is an online drum lesson website that makes it easy to add to your drumming vocabulary from some of the baddest professional drummers. And when I say baddest, I mean the dopest, illest, most ridiculousest drummers you ever heard. Imagine getting a breakdown from drummers who played with the likes of Usher, Earth, Wind & Fire, Chick Corea, Babyface, Sheryl Crow, Tony Braxton, and the list goes on. The PossibleChops.com community is designed to allow drummers to share ideas and help you on your path to becoming a pro and getting gigs. That's right, folks, actually getting real gigs. If you're serious about drumming, do yourself a favor and visit PossibleChops.com. Join today and basic membership is free. However, if you decide to upgrade to a pro membership, use the promo code NOMAD to get your first free month. That's right, folks. Use coupon code NOMAD and you get the whole first month absolutely free. Adding new chops are now made possible for drummers on PossibleChops.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 